Welcome to Butter With That. Was that funny, Connor? Just the way that you were looking at yeah, Sam. Yeah, whatever. Oh. <laughs> uh, our podcast, Jordy, is a little bit wound up right now, and so we're all enjoying it very much. Um, but yeah, welcome to our podcast, Butter With That. Um, I assume everyone knows at this point it's a movie podcast. Um, it is? What? It is. Yeah, what? I know. It isn't just us talking about Jordy and, you know, eating, eating and crumpling up things. Supposedly uh, being on friends. On the radio. And so, yeah, supposedly we're all friends. Okay. <laughs> you guys don't see the air quotes we do every time we say it's about a bunch of friends talking about movies. That's yeah, glaring each other. We're just flipping each other off. <laughs> <laughs> we need people to believe we're friends. <laughs> we try that so hard. That is intricate to this podcast. Um, yeah, so we are, this will be our second installment of our superhero month, um, which is like split a little bit up into April and May just cause, uh, we've had crazy schedules the past couple weeks. So, um, we'll have something pretty fun and special for you guys, like for our May to kind of replace having like a larger theme that month. Um, uh, but we're pretty excited about our superhero month. I feel like we all picked some really interesting things. We did Hellboy last week. Uh, and, uh, we're going to be doing my movie, uh, the adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension which is the full title um <laughs> but before we do that um i know we wanted to do shout outs at the beginning of the podcast first so um we are still doing shout outs for people like guessing our baby photos and <laughs> so um the person who guessed my baby photo which was a picture of me wearing a very fluffy dress uh laughing or like cackling yeah, perhaps like with an umbrella let's go cackling uh, looks like a cackle. let's go cackling yeah um which everyone was like that's you and i was like listen i wasn't always this way okay <laughs> <laughs> um and the person who got it was my cousin grace which like i i'm assuming that's a photo she's probably seen and stuff but still it was like funny so Woo-hoo. uh thanks grace yeah. for remembering what i look like i appreciate <laughs> it uh, <laughs> Um, and then we have also been getting some responses for our email. Um, so as we as we do, we encourage you guys, of course, to listen to the podcast and like rate review on like whatever medium you guys are listening to. Um, but also checking out our social media accounts. We're on Instagram at Butter With That and Facebook and then Butter With That One. Numeric one yeah, yeah. on Twitter. Um, but we have another uh, email to read from our friend Zoe, and Connor is going to read that for us. Uh, this is our friend Zoe, who's currently uh, traveling around Southeast Asia. Zoe, we miss you. We miss you. We're ho- we hope you're having a wonderful time. All of your photos look amazing. <laughs> Make us all super jealous. I know. Uh, so her email is, hey, Butterfam, I wanted to send you an email so Connor would stop being so sad about never getting any. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It was sad. But also just to say hi, I have been loving keeping up with the podcast while traveling. It feels like I'm back at work chatting with you guys in the break room, which is something I dearly miss. Aww. Aww. We I've miss had, chatting with you. We miss yes. chatting. Yeah. I've oh, had, and your, your heist music. Your explanations <laughs> no. of how you would define heist music. <laughs> Don't get us started. <laughs> Uh, I've had a million comments and questions throughout listening, but I've since forgotten all of them. Same. (laughs) Same. Uh, One thing that's been bothering me, though, you've talked about Y2K quite a few times in the podcast, most recently in the Office Space episode. And I feel like you're you're taking quite a harsh position on people who believed it was a serious concern. Exclamation point. In the Office Space episode, you seemed a little kinder, but I was reading or listening to something a few months ago about the real concerns about Y2K and how 
nothing bad happened, yes, but mostly due to the tireless work of computer experts. Which is a good acknowledgement because the whole job that those guys in office space had was preventing problems from right. Y2K. So thanks, computer dudes. <laughs> Uh, I wish I remembered where I was reading or listening to this so I could link it, but I've been burning to share it with you for a while now. I've been listening. I've been learning so much through your podcast and loving every minute of it. Can't wait to see you guys when I get home. Lots of love. Uh, she also said, wait, I forgot the most important comment I had. I loved when you used to tell us how we could watch the movie. If it was on Netflix, Amazon, etc. I would love if you brought that back and uh, hearts emojis. Thanks That's for telling point. us that we used to do that because I didn't even nope. remember that. I don't remember to do it that. either. <laughs> did you say how you could watch Hellboy? I did not. Oh, <laughs> Where can you watch Hellboy? You can watch Hellboy if you're listening to it in April 2019. <laughs> you can watch it on Netflix. It's also one of those movies that will like be on Netflix for six months and off for six months and then back on. Mm. So it like fluctuates. So you can usually find it on Netflix. That is a great um, comment, though, because, yeah. yeah, we should be able to tell people how they can watch it. And, you know, I'm glad that people worked so hard to prevent Y2K because it would have been yeah. could have been pretty bad. The death of for everything. Sure. But yeah. was that really for the worst? No. no. <laughs> the technology, maybe, but not. But you know what? We couldn't have had butter with that if technology didn't exist. Well, it would be smoke con- signals. It would be conversations <laughs> we would have. Yes. Through smoke signals. <laughs> um, cool. And, and everyone is doing good. Were there other movies people wanted to, like, mention or anything that they had seen recently or... I saw Free Solo, the documentary about mm. the guy who climbed El Capitan. Oh, in, damn. Um, which won Best Documentary at the Oscars. Uh, in some ways, the climbing, his actual climb, is like the least interesting part of the documentary. And it's <laughs> only the last like 15, 20 minutes of it. Um, the rest of it is kind of getting into the psychology of people who like climb mountains and climb mountains without ropes or harnesses or like mm-hmm. any protective thing. And it goes into his relationship with this woman and him trying to like navigate being like a person who's like, okay, hugging and okay. Saying like, I love you. Cause he said his parents like never said, I love you. Well. They never hugged him. Like he learned how to hug when he was 23 years old. Alex uh, Holland, I think is his name. Hmm. Um, so it's a, it's like a deep dive into the psychology of somebody who's a thrill seeker. And like how they live their life. And he's also set up charities where like every year he donates a third of his income to this uh, nonprofit he started that provides uh, green energy solutions to like people who don't have power in the world. Damn. That's awesome. Uh, It's on Hulu. Cool. Uh, It's really good. It's only like 90 minutes. So just pop it on. Uh, But the climbing was really intense. And it's also really interesting watching the documentary crew talk about the ethics of this climb Mm. of like if this fails, we're going to watch our friend die. And like we could be the cause of that because he's in the wrong headspace thinking he's on a camera mm-hmm. and like the technology of like, how are they going to set up shots as he climbs? Because they can't really be up there with him as he's right. doing how it. How invasive right. can it be to allow him to be able to Also, actually... they're doing some crazy stuff, too, trying to get all those shots and everything. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, will he do it? Won't he do it? It's it's really compelling. I highly, cool. It definitely um, I haven't seen any of the other documentary nominations, but this one was really stellar. Cool. Any anyone else? Not a movie, but my parents got a subscription to Shutter, and mm. they shared their information with me, and so I started watching this show called Discovery of Witches. And honestly, it is like I'm watching Twilight again, but like I hate <laughs> it, and also I am obsessed. Like there are. I've moments, been wondering if I should watch it or not. Oh my god, there are <laughs> moments where I groan out loud. I'm just like, oh, is this supposed on. to be like an investigative, like? 
documentary or is this like no not at all (laughs) oh it's like like a witch and a vampire fall in love kind of deal yeah i haven't gotten to the part i mean they're like just falling in love a little bit which i feel like happened abruptly yeah i haven't read the book series and it's been you know it's fine matthew good is probably the biggest selling point Mm. of it is he downton dude yes well he's he's the race car yeah 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 okay um, he's Matthew, Matthew, he's not, he doesn't Matthew play 2. Matthew, 0. he <laughs> is the love interest after Matthew. Matthew the sequel. Um, yes. He was also, he's been in a lot of things, but did you ever see Leap Year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like Cute. not a good movie, but like. Oh, but it serves a purpose. <laughs> um, <laughs> it serves that like, oh, I just want to watch a trashy romantic thing. Purpose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and. <laughs> there was one episode where the main character, it like several days had passed and she was wearing the same outfit every single damn day. And like now suddenly she has different outfits, but I, I, I cannot understand one, why I paid attention to that. And two, why they would do that. I, I truly have no explanation. Fair. But it is what it is. Yeah. Understood. <laughs> Discovering witches. Discovery, Discovery of, of witches. witches. Is this a Shutter original? Yes. Yeah. No, 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 it's, it's on like Stars or Showtime. It's on one of those. Yeah, it's cool. like it's something else. But Shutter like gets exclusive rights to a lot of things, which is kind of cool. Shutter is actually a really great streaming service. It um, is. But we watched part of the Return of Joe Bob Briggs, who is like a <laughs> um, oh shit yeah I know that guy yeah, yeah right, he, right, right 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 yeah he was like a horror movie host kind of like Elvira and stuff like yeah. back in the day and he's kind of made a comeback. Um, we watched part of him doing Chud, um, which I've seen Chud before, and I like that movie. I haven't figured out if I like Joe Bob yet. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah fair. I, I don't. I'm not sure I do, I but like either. a lot of other like really interesting like horror p- people I love, like Barbara Crampton, love him, and he was on his like show and stuff. So I don't know. I'd like to give him a chance. Um, I've also been trying to be very serious about my letterbox list um, and trying to document all of the to make it easier easier for us too at the end of the year all of the 2019 movies i've seen but i also keep a list of all like the movie screenings i do and all of the movies that we do on the podcast too so i'm trying to be like very um organized that way and soon after i watch all of the fast and furious lists i will release my ranking the family list oh my god so stay tuned for that one um so anyways i guess we should get on to the movie which, as I said, is The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension bow, bow, bow. from 1984, uh, which I have picked as my superhero movie, um, which we can probably get into a little bit more as to why I picked this as a superhero <laughs> movie. Because um, it, is, it is just like a weird sci-fi, like, 80s cult movie. Um, but before we, like, get into, like, the meat of the movie, I want to start us off with the trailer, which was Christine, correct? Mm-hmm. Great. So we were talking about trailer tingles in last episode, and <laughs> I new, can tell you segment. that this trailer gave me trailer tring- trailer tingles. Say that say three that. times. Yeah, I can't do it. Um, so I'll say it once. Um, <laughs> this trailer was everything I wanted. So essentially, it it begins with introducing our main character, Buckara- Buckaroo Banzai, and the trailer says... He's a rocker. 
And then it's like him playing the guitar and he's a doctor and it's him doing surgery. He's an inventor. It's him tinkering with some machines and he's a philosopher. It's like him standing in front of a crowd saying, no matter where you go, there, there you, you are. are. And I'm like, this is everything I would want in a movie. Um, and then the whole trailer is wonderful, bouncing around space, conference room hotel, like a ho- <laughs> conference room in a hotel or something. And the, the tagline is like, sci-fi classic in a dimension all its own, which I think kind of characterizes at least what I was reading around the marketing of the film, what people sort of, people's responses to this movie. Like, it's it's kind of like, like a shit ton happening in one movie and some people Mm -hmm. didn't know what to make of it and some people were like, this is the best fusion of (laughs) sci-fi, comedy, action, all all in one. Um, And then throughout the trailer, you're like, oh my God, is that Jeff, or is that John Lithgow? Is that Jeff Goldblum? (laughs) Oh, it is them. Yes. "Mm." And the costumes are amazing. Like, Buckaroo's red glasses and his like teal outfits. He's the one in red, right? No, no, Jeff Goldblum has uh, red glasses. He, uh, no, uh, Buckaroo's the one that has like those dope red glasses. Oh my God. Yeah. Mm, so good. Mm-hmm. So um, the trailer was wonderful. I can't wait to watch. I'm gonna, this weekend, I'm going to watch this Woo. movie. Um, a Tori, little bit where about. Can you watch the movie? Yeah, I was going to ask. Um, <laughs> oh. oh, I was going to say where to watch it. Um, I watched it and it was free. I just downloaded like Pluto TV on my Amazon Fire Stick. I think it's on Voodoo also. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That sounds right. And then I think you can rent it on like YouTube and stuff like that for like two ninety nine. So I, it's available. It's there's, around. There's some website called Tomb Tumo Tumi. Tumi. I think Tumi. yeah, maybe and that's it. It's free it. on there. I just like stream yeah. it from there. Sorry. Microphone. Yeah, so it was like easy enough to find like for free. And I, yeah. I managed to find it on there. And I, I downloaded Pluto TV, which also had like a lot of other movies and stuff. So like if that's like a thing you want to download, that might be worth it. Yeah. Just as far as marketing goes, so 1984, it made 17 or no, it was 17 million dollars to make the movie, yet it only made 6.3 million dollars. Yeah. So seems like it was not a box office success. Um, and I, it was like a Fox production, I think. It said Fox Studios made no attempts to sell the film um, to a mainstream audience with traditional promotions. Even actors basically interviewed, like John Lithgow was interviewed about the movie. They didn't really know how to describe the movie itself. <laughs> it also that year was competing with movies like Star Trek Three, mm. Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, and Ghostbusters. So I think oh, cool. in a movie that couldn't necessarily be uh, quickly defined. Maybe it kind of got drowned out by other, maybe more anticipated movies that were going to be more blockbuster successes. Um, but I can't wait to hear what the reviews are because I think that I was very intrigued by people not knowing really what to make mm. of the genre. Like, what genre is this? And what are we supposed to take from this movie that draws on a whole bunch mm-hmm. of different influences? Cool. Awesome. Yeah, I'm that I'm glad that that all came up because I feel like I'm going to have to explain what the movie is about in a little <laughs> while and that's going to be confusing. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Sam, you did reviews, right? I did. And um, <laughs> the reviews also did not quite know what the movie was about. Uh-huh. So I went through Rotten Tomatoes. The critics gave it a 71 percent. Fans gave it a 69 um, most of the reviews from both the critics and the fans are roughly around three, three and a half stars. So 
This dude named Sean S. gave it three and a half stars. He says, <laughs> um, Buckaroo Banzai was not at all an impressive commercial blockbuster when it came to the theaters in 1984, but as soon as I saw the film, I couldn't honestly understand why. The film's insane plot manages to break almost every rule of cinema that we know of. Kevin Smith put it best. You expect Buckaroo Banzai to be one thing, but then it does something that is the complete opposite. It's a genuinely surprising and very entertaining movie. Buckaroo Banzai is very unique even today. The film doesn't spoon feed you information or really even take any mercy on anyone who may have missed something. If you don't follow, the movie assumes that you'll maybe get it the next time or catch up a little later if you get lucky. There isn't really a wasted minute in the movie. I highly recommend this. It's a good watch. Very hard to say what it's about, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Which is funny. Good review. Um, this guy, Jake C., he's like, listen here, buckaroo. In one- <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, in one sense, it is a film profoundly and to its own detriment ahead of its time. A pomo sci-fi satire and comic book comedy with a screwball wit of something like Guardians of the Galaxy. But without half the budget, the humor is as surreal as the imagery. Broad slapstick mixed with early nerd in-jokes and... Everything goes absurdism fit for the directionless void of space. The aliens anticipate the body horror body snatchers of Carpenter's They Live, in all caps. Mm -hmm. The naturalistic and non-linear spaceships evoke the bioships of Farscape. The creative universe. <laughs> it is. Oh wow, yeah. Okay. The creative universe seemingly as expansive, if ultimately underdeveloped, as MCU. <laughs> Um, Stop. I'm sorry. I love love you bringing this person's words to life. Yeah. Yet in another sense, the movie calls back to the golden era adventure stories of Buck Rogers or Flash Gordon in the vein Mm. and hot off the heels of Raiders of the Lost Ark. (laughs) As his name suggests, Buckaroo is a classic swashbuckling hero ripped straight from the funny page serials. And like those comic strips, the audience gets dropped into the universe in media res, the existence of labyrinthine mythology, both clearly evident while remaining entirely unclear. Um, so it continues to go on, but I thought that, that was kind of informative in one way or another. Um, this guy, his name is Moore S. He said, I have absolutely no idea which category this movie belongs to. Also, not sure whether I like it or not. <laughs> and then this well, person. Thanks. I know, right? Like, really helpful. <laughs> thanks, bro. More. Really super helpful. Um, this person named Fani T said, Campy is the only word to describe this recording of people moving and talking. Given that Star Wars... Wow. I, <laughs> true. Wow. I think our brains broke. I know. Given that Star Wars had already been released by the 80s, dot, 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 there was no reason to go so stingy on this story. I would say it's a remake material with better effects and editing. Story and character anyway seem to be a tad unimportant with movies like FNF, which I did not know what it meant until I was talking, well, you, you, you've been talking about Fast and Furious, and I was like, oh my god, of course. <laughs> the, only the true fans FNF. say FNF. Of course. And the Friends tra- and family. It, it's true. And it's the f- family. <laughs> family. <laughs> I love my profession, my <laughs> I know I live my- by my art. Um... And the Transformers becoming big gainers. Um, So, clearly not a fan. And then lastly, David H. says, throws the kitchen sink at its plot, hoping that something interesting will happen, but very little ever does. Despite all the flash, the title is far more exciting than the film. To me, it honestly sounds like those people just, like, 
expected something and were mad that they didn't get mm-hmm. it and yeah. couldn't just be flexible and go with the movie. The comparison to Star Wars is weird. I didn't quite understand because they're that two totally was. different several movies. People, several reviewers actually mentioned Star Wars, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Nothing in that trailer suggested hmm. Star Wars. The to only me. the only thing I can think of is that the very beginning does that like scroll right. like they do at the beginning right. of Star Wars, and like you could, I feel like the music played at the beginning sounds a little bit like knockoffy Star Wars music. But like but also what the fuck? There is a space yeah. scene in the trailer, but it's nothing like Star yeah. Wars space. Yeah. It's so yeah, it's it's interesting. No, I and I think it's like interesting too cuz like I think it definitely is like expectations like are an important part of like watching certain movies like this. And I love this movie. My mom actually loves this movie and like made us watch it when I was like a pretty young kid, um, which was like a very weird thing to see at a young age and have like her explaining it to me as a y- at a young age too. But um, it's like a pretty campy sci-fi movie and I feel like it really knows what it is. Um, it doesn't feel like it's like made by people who like don't realize that it's like super camp factor. Uh, but I want to get more into that too with like Connor and talking about like his um, his feelings about the movie. So I want to quickly try to explain this movie if I can Good before luck. we get That's into it. Good luck. Um, so first off, um, I want to go through like some of the people who are in this movie. So Buckaroo is played by Peter Weller, who is RoboCop as well. Oh, <clears throat> Murphy, it's you. Uh, Lord John Warfin is played by uh, John Lithgow. Uh, John <laughs> Big Booty is played by Christopher Lloyd. Um, New Jersey is played by Jeff Goldblum. And then Rawhide is Clancy Brown. Um, just to name a few people. Um, also, apparently, there's a deleted scene uh, that shows Jamie Lee Curtis as Buckaroo's mother, which is like a really interesting tidbit there. And I would love to like actually find that somewhere. Um, So basically Buckaroo Bonsai is um, a person who can do anything. And we will (laughs) also get into that more in detail, too. Um, But it kind of opens up and you find out that Buckaroo is about to like do this like big like scientific feat. Um, He is using something called the and I have to like find the name for it. Uh, the oscillating overthruster, um, which basically allows him to go through like solid matter um, and using that to cross into a different dimension. So he's crossing into the eighth dimension. And so it kind of opens with him like going through this fucking giant mountain, um, which is like a really big feat. And then he brings something back with him, which is uh, which ends up being one of like these evil beings who was trapped in the eighth dimension that he is now accidentally brought back into the world with us. Um, and it's so, Hellboy. <laughs> it's Hellboy. Yeah. And so the bad guys are known as the um, Red Lectroids. Uh, and... They um they all have like a reddish like lizard looking like color to them. They reminded me of the ants from the movie Ants. <laughs> okay, they Ooh, they do yeah, yeah. yes the they do look ants. like those yeah, for sure. Ants. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. Mean. Um and only like certain people can see them like who've been in contact with like the overthruster thing. So like Buckaroo is able to see them, which I guess um is that they live reference, which I didn't really think about um, oh. at all. 
um, where it's like you can see people if you have these certain glasses mm-hmm. on because he's had like certain contact. He's able to actually see these creatures for what they are because they do blend in as regular humans. But all of their names are John, um, <laughs> with just weird, weird titles afterwards. Um, so those are the bad guys, I and they are all trying the villains to... just being named John. I know it's great. <laughs> Seems so innocuous well, yet terrifying. The, the good aliens are also named John. So just oh, just oh, hold okay. on. buckle up. <laughs> just wow. buckle, buckle up, up buckaroo. Um, so these these come in, and then they get a warning from the peaceful black Electroids from Planet Ten, who are also look like these creatures, except they um, are like darker, and they all have like um, like Rasta kind of like dreads going yeah. on. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, and then they also like look. They're also all like black, at least from like what you see of Jamaican. them, like and like Jamaican. Yeah. Um, so like the. They, they even at one point the president's like a woman named John, so it's like a female like like um, Rasta looking kind of woman who is like the leader of the peaceful like black electroids, and tells them that like they want to try to help Earth, but will have to destroy Earth if they don't destroy the red electroids first. Which, um, and John Lithgow's their leader, right? Yeah. Um, so John Lithgow also tried to go into the eighth dimension and only got partway through, so he, like, became crazy and then gets possessed by one of these, like, red electroid creatures. And then somehow has, like, this, like... Martian slash bad Italian accent. Yes, his name. Uh, his name is Doctor Emilio Lizardo. Is is his name in the movie? And yeah, it's like a weird Italian, but it's also confusing. an alien. It's confusing, but it's also the funniest it's accent great, I've ever it's heard. Weird. It's so weird. John Lithgow it's acting the fuck out of this movie. The Christopher yes. Lloyd is in this movie. Yet John Lithgow has the Christopher Lloyd hair. Yes, in this movie. But Christopher Lloyd is like the the supposed to be like one of the leaders of the uh, Red Electro. Is he also. in makeup? Because in no point in the trailer, like I was looking out person, for Christopher yeah. Lloyd, and I couldn't find <laughs> I didn't him. He's kind of got like movie. slicked back hair and glasses. Um, oh, is he the nerdy looking guy? He is very nerdy uh. looking. Also, all the bad ones are also dressed like businessmen. Well, yeah. all of like the good aliens are dressed like super cool. Like the one that like comes and helps them, whose name I can't remember. Um, but the one who like comes down to like help the the humans, he's wearing this like silver sparkly suit the whole movie. He's like really cool looking. Um, so yeah, I think I did a fairly good job explaining yeah. the main plot points of what's going on in Buckaroo Bonsai. They want the overthruster. They want the overthruster, which Buckaroo initially used to get through the dimension. Yes. Yes. Wow. Great. Yep. Um, so with that <laughs> being said, Connor, what did you think about this movie? The closest, you know, you know, kind of analog I could think of was sort of like weird men in black. Because mm. it kind of has a men in black vibe of like aliens hiding in plain sight. John Lithgow's character is like in an insane asylum after trying to like go into the eighth dimension. And he like frees himself by killing people. And he's just super gross in the movie. He reminds me of the gross slug guy from Men in Black, like the main Edgar. Oh, yeah. Vincent, Vincent D'Onofrio. Fucking Vincent D'Onofrio. When he, like, Holy moves his shit. face around. I always forget that's Vincent his D'Onofrio. Roll. Oh. So he just, it just kind of reminded me of just, like, <laughs> love Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> He's great. We'll have a Vincent D'Onofrio month after our Jack Black month. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, this movie, every scene brought up more questions, but didn't answer any of the scene's previous questions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which which was good and also 
kind of frustrating because I loved how just like wacky everything was. But it was also like, is there a plot to this movie? It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Um, I loved the characters just totally embracing the actors just like totally embracing the material. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Goldblum dresses up as a <laughs> cowboy for the whole movie, pretty much. Well, the movie, I mean, he's a doctor also. Yeah. It's established that above all, with all the other things that Buckaroo Banzai does, he's a first late to use the oscillator because he's performing surgery on someone. So he's in surgery and then goes to like drive through a mountain. So it seems like every character is like a polymath. Like everyone has different talents, mm-hmm. not just Banzai. Buckaroo. Yeah. And then they're all also part of a really cool hip band. Mm. A hip rock band. Oh, is Jeff Goldblum nice. in Buckaroo's band? He's not, but Buckaroo like does make a comment like, "Hey, are you going to join me full time?" Like asking him to kind of join the band, which is like kind of funny. Also, um, it's like there was some sort of future merger between like Devo and Motley Crue, but they were all also doctors. <laughs> yeah, like they're having Devo these really. Surgery. You have like these like characters who like look really beautiful and stuff too, and all of their names are funny. Like one of them is um one of the characters. Perfect named, Tommy. Perfect Tommy. It's one of the names of the characters. And he looks like Guy Pierce. It's not Guy Pierce, but he looks like Guy Pierce from Memento. Yeah. Uh, I found the opening credits crawl if I could read that to help give some context. So, just like in Star Wars, it pops up in um, yellow. In yellow. Buckaroo Banzai, born to an American mother and a Japanese father, thus began life as he was destined to live it. Dot, dot, dot. Going in several directions at once. A brilliant neurosurgeon, this restless young man grew quickly dissatisfied with a life devoted solely to medicine. He roamed the planet studying martial arts and particle physics, collecting around him a most eccentric group of friends, those hard rocking scientists, the Hong <laughs> Kong Cavaliers. This is the name of like their group. Yep. Hard and now and now with his astounding jet car ready for a bold assault on the dimension barrier buckaroo bonsai faces the greatest challenge of his turbulent life while high above earth an alien spacecraft keeps a nervous watch on team bonsai's every move sounds like a kid who like is trying to make his make a robust resume for college (laughs) but like does too many things and can't focus on one um they're also all samurais it's important to point out (laughs) <laughs> Sam <laughs> Okay <laughs> um, Peter Weller you said Yes Is he of Asian descent No I Got don't it. think so mm-hmm. He Mm-mm. He looks very cute in his little glasses here though I took a Aww. I took a picture of him Look at oh, him Oh he looks like a buckaroo He's wearing a fucking bow tie <laughs> and shit But he's also one of the coolest rockers in the world I'll yeah. tell you He looks like a buckaroo But not like a bonsai Interesting, yeah. Much more buckaroo than bonsai. Yeah. Mm, Fair. Um, But yes, he, like, you do see just, like, a a moment where he's, like, in, like, full, like, like a a samurai kind of outfit. And he Mm. has, like, one of the swords in front of him. Yeah, it's like an altar. Like a kimono, kind of. So, like, that's also, like, an interesting point of, like, the whole, like, what makes a superhero kind of thing. So. Well, because I was thinking about that as you were, like, uh, I was watching this movie, and I was like, so this is an interesting superhero pick because yeah. he does do he's a superhero. 
he can sing. He he performs at a rock concert, does neurosurgery, travels through dimensions. He's a samurai. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, is, his resume is stacked. He's known very well by, like, the the um, the government and stuff. The president, like, yeah. just, the president calls him, just like it's no big deal. It's like, <laughs> oh, God, the president of what? Of the United States of America. Oh, fine, okay. There's, like, a part where, like, he's explaining what's going on, and Buckaroo explaining the plot is just as crazy as you trying to explain the plot. Yeah. Um, and so, like, it turns off, and everyone's like, what, this can't be true. And they were like, well, if it was anyone but Buckaroo telling me, then, yeah, I, w- I would say the same thing. <laughs> he and sounds like a MacGyver type kind of guy. Yeah. Like, any yeah. situation, he's sense. got the plan yeah. to get them out of that situation. So I guess to have, like, a larger conversation, too, what, what does make a superhero specifically based on what I understand from the plot that you're describing I think it's kind of a funny acknowledgement that in many superhero movies Mm -hmm. the main characters can somehow be good at Mm -hmm. lots of things Mm -hmm. in ways that always don't seem very realistic Mm -hmm. it's like if you've got superpowers you'd think you'd be focusing primarily all your energy on harnessing this power yet you find yourself in situations mm-hmm. in which you can do many many things and in buckaroo's case it seems like he can be perfect at mm-hmm. many things yeah. i don't think he has a single flaw <laughs> not not that i can no. see you know what his, so. his one weakness is that he can't be in two places at once that's true um, my, Rass. my thing, what I was thinking of was specifically like actually having like a true, like superpower. Mm-hmm. Um, but like all of this itself kind of seems like it's a little like too much to be real, but I think he might actually have one superpower, uh, Ooh. which is shown in the, uh, scene when they're about to play in the nightclub. <laughs> um, so they go to play and they're like in the middle of it. They're all grooving. He takes out like a mini, like fucking, what is that? Like a mini horn, like, a, like cor- out of nowhere, like out of a pocket and starts playing that like, shit. Like a military kind of, it's like a bugle. Yeah. yeah. Cornet. Yeah. Yeah. Cornet. And there's one person, there's one person who has two separate saxophones. Yep. Playing them Double at the same sax? time. Yep. No. They're they the biggest rock band in the world on top of everything else. The Hong Kong Cavaliers. This is a great Hong Kong movie. Cavaliers. Oh my God. Um, but like in the middle of the set stops and just says, is someone out there not having a good time? And everyone's like, oh, no, Buckaroo, no. And then he's like, is someone out there crying? And there's a woman in the back who is crying. So he like has like <laughs> super so hearing or something or is like super perceptive to people's emotions. And this woman, her <laughs> name is, uh, he sounds like a control freak. <laughs> What's her name? Uh, Penny, Penny Pretty. Penny Pretty. Penny Pretty. Um, so it's it's Penny Pretty who's like crying and like not having a good time. She tries to kill herself in the middle of the set. Sure does. She takes a sure gun does. out. Well, because because Buckaroo's like, why are you crying? You're at a fun concert. And, I and he's like, I'm going to play a song for you. Yeah. yeah. And then she, I think they ask, like, why are you so sad? And she's like, mumbles like my boyfriend. She's like really drunk. Right. And she's like just saying like she's like not... Like she's, it sounds like she doesn't have a lot of money. She's not really sure what to do. Blah blah blah. She tries to shoot herself, but everyone thinks she tries to shoot Buckaroo, yeah, so she ends up in prison. Yeah. And then he goes to bail her out. Turns out she's the long lost twin sister of his deceased wife. Oh. Boom! It's super weird. Boom. What the fuck? Yeah, I'm with Perfect Tommy on this. On Perfect Tommy's like Buckaroo, what the fuck you doing? Yeah, Don't, just leave her in there. 
<laughs> yes. why, are you, why are you here? But yeah, Perfect Tommy's just like, what is this? What Perfect is Tommy is right the now? voice of reason in the movie, and I really wish I got him on the character he's, quiz, but I didn't. He's very funny, too. There's a line he delivers when they're, like, trying to figure out what's going on. Like, they're getting a, um, uh, what is it, like, a, a hologram image of, like, the leader of, like, the peaceful aliens, and they all have to wear these glasses that are, like, pieces of cardboard wrapped in bubble wrap or something. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And so she's speaking, and, like, Perfect Tommy's like, oh, well, they're certainly gonna take that as an act of aggression. And it's just this, like, moment where they're having these very serious conversations. And then Buckaroo turns around, he's just like, can everyone be quiet so I can hear this? Like... <laughs> Um, but yeah, Perfect Tommy's like great. But there is like also a weird love story where then Buckaroo finds like the long lost twin of his like deceased wife, and then how convenient. Yeah, she just sounds a little kept suspect. Ex wife. She is deceased, and uh, that is because she was killed by a group which I don't think I wrote the name down of. Um, but they were gonna. So the movie did not do well, as we know um, from the box office information. Um, but at the very end of the movie, and it was like, see, Buckaroo Bonsai versus, and I forget oh, what the name of the them gangs are. of the world. But that, there was another storyline yeah. that they cut from this movie where there was this gang that was like one of Buckaroo's like arch nemesis. And that was the one that killed his wife and his parents at the same exact time. <laughs> Rough day. Rough day. Yeah. So I, I feel like. It like pokes fun at like all like that feels so much like Batman. Yeah. Like, killed his wife and his parents. Yeah. There's some other interesting parts of it too. Um, one of the things that they they try to call back onto like actual historic stuff that happened, saying that um, the red lecterns, the bad guys, had actually come forward before to like take over the world, and all of that was recorded on Orson Welles' um, yeah. radio show, The um, War of the Worlds, which was like the very famous, like no one knew uh. what was going on, um, and then like was brainwashed into thinking it was all a hoax. That was the one bit of trivia that I I did find yeah. uh, on this in this movie, other than the Jamie Lee Curtis thing, was that. Uh, this movie announces that it was the famous 1938 mm. Halloween night recording, which is like, well, it's actually October 30th, but okay. But, <laughs> uh, excuse me. <laughs> um, so yeah, the the second one that they were going to do is called Buckaroo Bonsai Against the World Crime League. <laughs> and so that is like the, the league that supposedly killed his wife. Um, but so yeah, they already had a sequel built in, but then it like did horribly. In, yeah, the movie the cost about, what was it? I forty seven million forty one million. That was a forty one million dollar movie. Really? Oh, those today. were different like, numbers. No, no, no. With, yeah. Adjusted for inflation. Adjusted for inflation. Oh, oh okay. Because okay. I also found different numbers. So Economist. All right. So this is a forty million dollar movie, <laughs> and it only made like seventeen million. Adjusted for today's inflation. Sure. At the box office. Yes. So it's rough. It didn't do super great. Um, That's a, I would. Yeah, how do you market this movie? Like, I, I even feel like trying to explain it to, like, you, like Christine and Sam who have not seen it. Of, like, this movie just sounds like utter nonsense. Well, I am so intrigued, though, that the fact that it, like, can't be specific, like, it can't be defined within one genre. Well, well one, yeah. Oh, oh, go, go ahead. ahead, Dave. Uh, just Well, one thing is it's easy to market now. Mm. Like, now this movie is a package deal as, like, a cult film that represents, like, some of the haywire elements of mm-hmm. 80s cinema but has fun the whole time and doesn't ask you to do anything other than enjoy 
the different elements thrown together. Like, it, it's just kind of like a fun, like, mixtape of, like, 1980s cinema. Whereas, like, at the time, it was presented as, like, a timely story. In, a like, competitor a, to Star Wars. Right, in, like, a sci-fi wave that... It's, like, kind of... Almost like Devil May Care, like, weirdly, like... Impro- almost feels like improvisational, like, mm. style and, like... S- uh, genre blending like would have been really difficult to package as like a contemporary film but like as like an 80s nostalgia film it's an easy sell i think now well yeah that's what like i wanted to ask people too because like this is a hard thing i guess to ask but like has anyone like seen anything like this or likes anything like this because i feel like in the 80s specifically there were a lot of these weird niche like cult classic-y kind of movies now that I honestly don't know how they got made at the time like um one movie I also love that is like kind of a weird sci-fi movie is Repo Man which came out the oh, same sure. year it bizarre. it's so bizarre it came out the same year it's about like a radioactive alien that's in the back of the car and then somehow people who are like Repo Man who are like taking the cars like get involved with trying to like get the alien like it's stuff like that where it's insane and you like don't know how to explain these and so it's like why was this like a thing was it maybe like not even just an 80s thing but there are some of these movies that i think about trying to explain them even thinking about it came out 10 years before but like rocky horror picture show sure which is another big cult classic that i don't even know how one explains that kind of movie like Or what that was like, how that came out at the time that it did. Like, they're all so weird. Or Earth Earth Girls Are Easy. Have you ever seen that? No. Is that Jeff Goldblum? That's Jeff Goldblum. Um, Yeah. Jim Carrey. That movie's bizarre. But, like, stands shoulder to shoulder perfectly with this movie. Mm. Um, It's just about three aliens that come to Earth. Uh, I don't remember why, but they meet Minnie Driver and, like, she's, like, teaching them how to, like, blend in to the point that, like, they're just, like, weird, like, uh, uh, like blue, yellow, and red-covered aliens, like, fur-covered aliens. Mm. But, like, when they take the time to, like, shave them to make them look, like, more human, they basically are just Jim Carrey, Jeff Goldblum, and I think it's, uh, I think it's, uh, Damon Wayans. Wow. It's a bizarre movie, but it's got, like, that same, like, weirdly, like, one moment it's this movie, the next moment it's that, but with a tinge of comedy throughout the whole thing vibe yeah. that this movie has in a way. Yeah, like are there movies like these kind of movies that are being made now that like we can like think of as being like cult classic kind of things? Like I don't, I don't know. it's weird. Feels it, like really time and place. I don't know. It kind yeah. of reminded me of like like the spirit of a Mel Brooks movie. Okay. Mm. In terms of just like out there zany, like not really concerned with plot, not really concerned with character Is development. Is Mel Spaceball? No. Yeah, he's Spaceballs, Blazing Saddles, uh, Robert Hood Men Tights. Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. My favorite. Producers. Um, so just if, I mean, this is not like a parody movie like those kind of movies are, but I feel like it has the spirit of just like a very like whimsical Gives no fucks. What did you say? Devil, did you just Devil May Care? Kind of like? Oh, yeah. Cavalier. Devil May Cavalier, Care. The Hong Kong Cavalier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kept thinking McGruber parodying mm-hmm. MacGyver. Yeah. And like that tone of mm-hmm. like a guy finding himself in a situation mm-hmm. that he always seems to know the solution to get mm-hmm. out of. Yet McGruber is like poking fun at the yeah. notion that he can effectively get himself mm-hmm. out of a situation when he really fucks everything up. But another Ooh. thing I was thinking of too was um 
just like when I first saw this movie, the way even the title of the movie, I was like, oh, so this is a thing, right? Like Buckaroo Banzai is a thing that <laughs> people know Western about and too. talk about. Like some kind of golden age, like 30s or 40s, like serial. Yeah. It just sounds familiar somehow and that's, already. That's it. Like they make him seem like this big deal. They even refer to him having successful comics in the movie about himself. <laughs> um, but like that wasn't a thing. They never made a sequel to this. Like it seems like they wanted it to be a weird sci-fi Indiana Jones that like didn't work out but since the movie it has had weird successful video games books and comics really also huh. um which is like a weird like I, I don't know it's like a thing like I don't know if I've like heard of stuff like this happening before either where I don't know like yeah it seems like it like totally baffles me just trying to explain this movie and explain <laughs> like how it's become kind of a thing Sam, how are we doing selling the movie? Um, fine. I, yeah. I mean, it does sound interesting. Jeff Goldblum's a cowboy. <laughs> I mean, that kind of so, really sweetens the pot. They call like, him I New can't. Jersey. Um, the, the night that Connor watched it, I got a text that just said, why is Jeff Goldblum, like, wearing, dressed like a cowboy? And Garrett and I were both just like, he's Jeff Goldblum. It's like, why <laughs> would you do ask? Whatever the fuck you're you're being given a gift. I was like, I, like, yeah, of course. I, and apparently he's dressed like that in other things, too, that I've heard of. Oh. I don't know if that's, like, As totally accurate. Because he's got really nice, like, white. Oh yeah, he's got pants. the. I think we're gonna say something about his hips. Or his like, legs. He's got really great. Another, hip. Jay, <laughs> a, another great '80s Goldblum movie is uh, Transylvania Six Five Thousand, with nope. him and him and Ed what? Bagley Jr. No. Where like for some reason they go to Transylvania. Michael Richards is involved as like a butler. It's fucking insane. But like it's it's another one that has like the same like weirdly like humorous but what the hell is going on yeah. tone of like this movie there's a there's a part where they like meet up with jeff goldblum after a lot of stuff has just happened and he is like talking to buckaroo and he's just like hey congratulations i heard you just i heard you drove through a mountain today and like it's just like <laughs> jeff goldblum talking like him and it's just like such a funny moment that i i watched it like two different times and i was like this is the best i think one thing that helps um you know, me appreciate this movie is like, as you mentioned, all the actors that are in it. Mm. Like, mm -hmm. that's half the fun of like looking back and like, oh, like Clancy Brown, Jeff Goldblum, Peter Well. Like, it's just funny looking back at these actors doing like really ridiculous, <laughs> silly things of like, wow, like you've done a lot of stuff and this is like a really weird chapter in like your story. Um, I also think it was interesting too, like, I was looking at like, it's hard even finding a lot of information about this movie. Um, but one thing I thought was interesting was that they were talking about how a lot of like other movies since this have been influenced in little ways by Buckaroo Banzai. Um, Back to the Future came out a year later that had Christopher Lloyd and also one of the main people part of the production team was also a part of Buckaroo Banzai. Oh. Um, and then also Men in Black was mentioned in one of those things too. <laughs> um, similar, talking about like the... Um, aliens kind of like coming in and like the kind of like immigration center for them which was yeah, kind of funny right. um oh that's cool that yeah cool. you can I, I didn't see it when i watched it this time but apparently you can see a visible photo of jamie lee curtis somewhere like on buckaroo's desk um because of that deleted scene which right. i think is pretty funny 
Um, and then there's one particular scene, and it's the nightclub scene, which looks really amazing. And they wanted the movie to have really vibrant, beautiful colors in it. Um, but the original director of photography for this movie was um, the man who was the director of photography for Blade Runner. Wow. And Damn. specifically, like, some of his stuff wasn't in it, but the nightclub scene specifically is, like, one of his pieces, which makes cool. a lot of sense, because yeah. yeah. that, like, does feel, like, kind of Blade Runner-y, too. Um, there's also a little kid walking around with a uh, machine gun Yeah, in a lot of the movie. Who's <laughs> he's in like, a helicopter. He's... Yeah, he's, like, kind of, like, the baddest kid I've ever seen in the world. Yeah. Does he have a... Does he serve a purpose? Um, he's the dad of like one of Buckaroo's crew. He's or a kid. Wait, he's the son of one of of somebody oh, who's yeah. like tight with Buckaroo. <laughs> yeah. Well, when Buckaroo needs uh, yeah. a helicopter, he calls this kid's dad. Okay, and then this kid is just like he like holds someone hostage for them while they wait to get back. The he's government like, person. Yeah, the random government employee who's like with the I don't know. He's like with he's the like, president. Yeah, the president's like get this overthruster from Buckaroo. For some reason, the president is yeah. like in a oh god like a bed. Like he's strapped to a bed that's tied to like a gyroscope. Yeah, there's something wrong with his back. <laughs> they so also good. wanted the president so to good. look and sound like Orson Welles because of the Orson Welles tie-in to huh. this movie. Which get me out of this bed? I'm gonna be sick, Rosebud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does just Rosebud and die at the yeah one part. Um, he also like is filling out a declaration of war, and it says like he pulls out an actual paper that says declaration of war, and then in like parentheses it says the short version. <laughs> <laughs> So there's like a lot of weird uh, like political stuff that they put into it too. It does sound really funny, I have to say. It's, it's very fun. It's funny and someone also said so when I was reading some stuff about this, someone said it was like a fun like kind of campy kids movie. And I know it's weird to say it like that, but when I was thinking about it, like there isn't really a lot of bad language. You don't see a lot of violence or anything. It's probably PG. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a PG movie, and so it was kind of interesting thinking about this as like a fun sci-fi movie for kids, like an adventure thing. Um, so I was like, okay, in that way, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, almost in a way, and it's pacing, and it's like, yeah, kind of like off the cuff plot development yeah. somehow. The end the end credits are them like walking to this awesome music and all just like meeting up together and like power walking so to this cool. like so really cool 80s music, but the music itself even sounds like kind of whimsical like kids music. Um like a mixture of like weird kids music and like knockoff Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. But like with like we were just talking about in the last episode about like superhero movies and like what they mean to kids and stuff like that and I'm like what would it be like? Like, I was pretty young when I saw that movie, but I was probably, like, in my early teens. My sisters were a little younger. But I was like, what would this movie be like for a kid to actually watch? And, like, would they enjoy it? Would they connect to it like they do with some of these, like, more mainstream superhero movies? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not 12. Well, so apparently Tom Hanks and Michael Keaton were considered for this role. It's the end of wow. my fun facts for this. Tom Hanks and Michael Keaton probably would have fit the... He could have. Michael Keaton could have pulled it off. Yeah. yeah. If they wanted to make him half Japanese, though, I don't know if Michael yeah. Keaton or Tom Hanks are really filling that role. I don't know why the actor chosen for it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wonder if like I I when oh, watching Will, it, yeah. I wonder like what's parody and what's like sincere. Like, mm. is the half Japanese samurai stuff like is that just like a parody of like he's a super person everything? Or is I, there, or I don't know. Like, do you know what I mean? Is, like maybe was this a weird attempt to make like. 
some inclusive stuff in it. Like, the main hero is supposed to be, like, of Japanese descent. And then all of the good aliens are also portrayed, like, as black people. And so I'm like, I don't think this movie's, like, going that deep into any, like, (laughs) we're trying to solve problems and get rid of, like, you know, racism. But part of me is, like, they're also making some interesting kind of comments and connections here you know i do think maybe it's more like that kind of like 80s era attitude though of like a kind of like uh, exoticism or like chic like like Mm. the song like turning japanese or something where it's kind of like appropriating culture without really any meaningful connection to it totally you have the jean-claude van damme like movies that like have some rough appropriations i've never seen a single Jean-Claude Cyborg's great. Movie. <laughs> Cyborg's good. I mean, yeah, like I, I would say, if you were to recast Buckaroo Banzai today, you'd have some big questions about mm-hmm. casting representation. Ooh, sure, um, which Jackie Chan. But I think the consensus of Buckaroo Banzai is basically whether you have watched the movie, whether you have seen the trailer for the movie, or read the reviews for the movie, you don't really understand what this movie is about, (laughs) which I think is probably the biggest takeaway from this. So you really just have to experience it, I think. And that does make it really fun. Yeah, Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, there's like a cool like steel box like collection of this movie that I would like to go by. <laughs> but I was like very excited to see, and I was like gonna do it and be like prepared for this, and then I wasn't prepared as per usual. But um, yeah, um, cool. Any last thoughts or anything before we wrap this up? Go see it, or find it, and see it. It's it's uh, free online. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. This movie. It's it's like it's a kooky, it's a kooky kind of fun time. That's very off the off the rails and off the walls, but at no point. Even though it's it's difficult, as we discussed, to pin down what it is, uh, there's no really no point in doing it that it's unenjoyable. I have mm. a, I had a really great time seeing it. Oh, there is that part that you mentioned earlier when he's trying to like get the plans to the doctor. Um, yeah, can you can you explain it? Because it was uh, really funny. So I guess the aliens trick Buckaroo into be on the phone with the president. The aliens, <laughs> which is a great sentence. Yeah, the aliens shock him to try to kill him. But I guess because he was in the dimension, he like survives. But he's electrically like he's like static shock, basically for the rest of the movie. Like, if he touches somebody, he electrocutes them like a static shock. And so he like gets some formula sent to his brain, and he like scribbles it on his hand and pen. And then in order to give the formula to like the uh, Japanese doctor who he was working with, he just licks his hand and s- smacks it onto his <laughs> yes. forehead. As though silly putty or something. Yes. Yeah, as a silly putty. Yeah. And, it's, and then it's like, and great. And then it's there and it works and it's done. Brilliant. Yeah. And then it works and then he gets the thing from it. It's like, I want to see the scene of him looking in the mirror of like, okay, what's the formula? Mm-hmm. Sounds like they got a group of like 10 kids in a writing room and we're mm-hmm. like, all right, come up with some dope like inventions and situations you would want to find yourself in and we'll write a screenplay out of it. It's exactly like that one Simpsons moment where they're doing the screenplay for like the new character and it's like, all right, so do you kids want grounded stories that are like relatable to your lives? And they're like, yeah. And it's like, all right, well, how would you feel about like zany off the, off the rails robots and things like that? And they're like, yeah. So "So you want a zany off the rails show with robots that's completely relatable and rooted in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Kids are like, fuck, I'll do it. Like I'll conceive of any situation and it's going to be awesome and it's going to be inventive. 
Um, yeah, the person who wrote the screenplay, his name is Earl Mac Rock, and he's a novelist also. And I didn't, oh. I meant to look up like what else he has written, but um, yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff about like this movie trying to get made and stuff too. There are like tons of different variations of it, and like. I, it was just, like, too complicated for me to get into on top of trying to explain what this movie is actually about, so I didn't do it. It's a pretty dense episode. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's a, lot. a lot. Yeah. Um, cool. So, um, I think we're going to wrap it up with this conversation then, and then we're going to come back with our whiteboard question. So, stay tuned. So uh, I also meant that meant to say that we were going to do our uh, character quiz thing, which we've been trying to do, which I was only able to find web one website that actually did any mm. buckaroo bonsai. Um, Go to quiz.com. Yeah. Um, so it's awesome. which member of team bonsai are you? Um, so who would like to, to start? It also I like this one because it gives you like percentages of like what other ones yeah. are like close mm-hmm. to being. So, um, yeah. Who wants to go first? Uh, I got rawhide. Whoa, nice. rawhide's cool. That's a Clancy Brown. Yeah, description is rough, rugged, and ready to roll. You are Buckaroo Banzai's most trusted friend. You are not one to back down from a fight, and you know no fear. You're loyal. To, you're loyal to the very end. Yet your roughneck personality never prevents you from being a true and honest soul. I got seventy six percent. I also got twenty seven percent for both Buckaroo Banzai and uh, Pinky. Oh shoot, Sharooters. That's right. Mm. Um, I was also 15% New Jersey and was 0% Perfect Tommy or Reno. Wow. I mean, someone else has got to go. <laughs> this should be easy. I also got rawhide. So. <laughs> yeah. It's an easy. I was like kind of bummed I did not get rawhide because I thought he was super cool. Yeah, I got 88% ride. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Really? Yeah, 40%. Sam, what was your percentage? Um, good question. Let me look. 88%. Wow. Oh, damn. Look at you guys. Wow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Cool. So we got a lot of ride <laughs> up in here? We do. Percentage. Um, so. That's true. So, Connor, what did you get? I got 60%. Pinky. Pinky. Car- Car- Carthuthers? Yeah. I don't remember this character from the movie. <laughs> uh, I also got 60% Reno, and 44% Rawhide, and 0% Perfect Tommy. But I'm going to say I'm Perfect Tommy, so. You just want to be Perfect Tommy. I just want to be Perfect Okay, Tommy. you can be Perfect well, Tommy. Who is Pinky Carruthers? No, Pinky... C- pinky yeah, where, Where's the face? There's a picture next to her, right? There's, there's that. He's wearing a pink pink fedora, uh, purple fedora. 
Oh, green. What are colors? He's definitely the poshest member of Team Bonsai. Uh, there you go. You have a style and image that's all your own. Thanks. <laughs> wow, none of us got Buckaroo. Mm-mm, we no. can't be. No, I don't think anybody can. Mm, yeah. I am 86% Reno. Um, you are the historical timekeeper of all Team Bonsai's adventures. Ooh. And one of the most respected members of the team, even if New Jersey keeps mistaking you for Pecos. Um, you're a romantic at heart, but also a fighter and one mean saxophone player. Hey. Nice. Oh, that's who we know. But I got 52% Buckaroo oh. and 22% Perfect Tommy and 19% New Jersey. Oh. So I feel mm. pretty good about that one. Cool. And uh, for our next part, um, for the whiteboard question, um, when I was, like, thinking about this movie, just because I felt like it wasn't, like, a standard type of superhero movie, I was thinking about um, the show Kablam that used to be on a lot when we were kids. And the one of the little, like, sketches in it was Action League Now, which had, like, all of these really, like, shitty um, superheroes. Like, there was the Melty Man. Mm-hmm. Um, there There's was... Thunder Girl. Uh... Oh, shit. Thunder Girl. Uh, Stinky Diver. Stinky Diver. Stinky Diver. Uh, <laughs> Man, whose power was to... To melt. melt. Yeah, and that um, was it. And then, oh no, there's the, uh, oh, there's the, the hulking what was naked stinky guy. Stinky yeah, Divers. He was just strong and naked. That yeah. was his. What is Stinky Divers? He was power? just stinky and he, he dived. He smells bad and he's a diver. <laughs> Honestly, like, that is it. That was it, yeah. And he has kind of like a Jacques Cousteau accent. That and Prometheus and Bob are like the only thing I remember from that show. This is this is a bit of a tangent, oh, but did you see that uh, Prometheus oh, and yeah. Bob was. Like, there were multiple attempts to turn that into a movie. I would have watched that movie for and sure. I, and I for, oh, man. I'm going to look up the article right now to see if I can find it. Um, but, yeah. So, there was that show, Action League Now, with all of these, like, kind of crappy superheroes and stuff. And so, I was, like, thinking about that. And since um, we're doing this month mostly because of Avengers coming out this month. Which, what date does Avengers come out? The 26th. Okay, cool. So it comes out the 26th. Um, So I, you know, I think we all kind of know that at least someone in the Avengers team is not going to make it for whatever reason. Captain America. They're going to need to hold auditions or applications for a new person. I like auditions. Um, Yeah, auditions is good. Um, So this was to kind of like try to find like uh, one of these like shitty kind of like, I don't know, maybe not the most powerful team members to add to the Avengers. Avengers crew. Um, so, would anyone like to go first? Me, I would. Okay. Um, so, I decided that um, Captain America is not going to die in Avengers Endgame, <laughs> and instead he's going to go back to the 1940s, which thus creates the darkest timeline. And so, what has happened is that we've been plunged into darkness. So all the Avengers we know now have their, like, evil counterparts. And so instead, instead of Captain America, we have Captain America. Um, something he likes to say is, I believe in nothing but the good people on both sides. Um, his Ooh. outfit is um, a red Make America uh, Great Again hat, a navy blue shirt, and white pants. Which Wait, is this the 40s still? or is this No, this is present day. After he's gone back. Okay. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So this is present day, and his outfit is the inverse of the Russian flag, for those of you paying attention. Um, Captain America is on a team called the 
detenders. His primary goal is to attack innocent people in the middle of the night for committing suspected but unfounded crimes and to eventually throw them or detain them into dungeons that are underneath big cities. Um, now, the the shield, the infamous shield. Cap does not take that back with him to the 1940s, so where is it? Now, um, similar to Molnir, Thor's hammer, there's a little bit of mythology that goes around this. No one can wield it unless they are worthy. Mm. Um, they can't even find it. It will only appear to someone who is worthy. So time goes on, and finally we have our shining hero, who is Miss Marvel, who already exists. She's going to find the shield, and she's going to wield it, and then she's gonna punch Captain America in the face and this Miss Marvel is of course Kamala Khan and then she mm. then becomes the true inheritor of the Captain America legacy wow. can I make a casting Ooh, suggestion for Captain dope. America mm-hmm. Tucker Carlson okay <laughs> I uh, yeah I think Chris we, Pratt. I think... <laughs> oh no! Oh, too good. Bazinga. Too good. Oh, that's some real shit. Yeah. Oh, then, no. then we also have to recast. Uh, what's his face? Who's he playing? Star Lord. He disintegrated. Oh, he can fine. say disintegrated. That's fine anyway. Oh yeah, we can just say no to Star Lord. Mm-hmm. You can okay, say disintegrated. Because cool. I like I like. Um, Guardians. I just feel like Guardians 1 was better because he seemed to still be fun. And Guardians 2, it seemed like he was phoning it in. So I'm not opposed to Star-Lord. Just, um, I don't know, someone better. I also keep watching old Parks and Rec. And uh, R.I.P. Cool Chris Pratt. Fat, cool Chris Pratt. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Um, one of the best parts of that show is when they're in London together with when they go to London and he took like six months off to film Guardians and then Ben Wyatt's like oh yeah really good like I just stopped drinking beer (laughs) and they were like oh that's it he's like yep and then they just like leave it like the fact that they thought they needed to bring it up and then also just like dismiss it and that's pretty funny yeah um cool that was awesome thank you Sam Mm -hmm. um anyone else have one they would like to add I got one so um Alyssa and I have been rewatching Grey's Anatomy again this one episode where a man turned himself into a cat. Nice. Turned himself into a cat. Go on. Implanted whiskers. <laughs> implanted whiskers, claws, like the whole. Who, anybody watches? Oh, it's so like body augmentation stuff. Yeah, yeah body okay. augmentation. So you got Catman. Oh, I really. Wait. So is this a Grey's Anatomy and Avengers like crossover? It's the crossover that you really need. Okay. I mean, they're both owned by Disney. Never asked for. Grey's Anatomy is on need. ABC. It's what we deserve. <laughs> so I like Sam's idea. Of there's an alternate timeline. Uh, and then the Avengers end up at Seattle Grace. But they don't have any superpowers. They're just doctors. And so you got Catman, uh, who's leading the pack. I hate this. But also like love it. it no, I like it. Corporate yep. synergy. That's what Bob Iger's all about. Wow. Done. Mic drop. Wow. Wonderful. Don't drop that mic, please. <laughs> Boom. So this character already has Avengers in the name, so why not put Toxic Avenger in mm. with all the Avenger characters? He's a, f- you know, dude that fell in a vat of toxic waste, and now he fights crime. Same. So I, maybe there's some collateral damage. He might touch <laughs> one of the other Avengers, and they might. Can he melt Cap get, Shield? Uh, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Oh man! What? Yeah. Toxic Avenger could do within the 
Avengers crew. I'm I'm ready to find out. Yeah, that's a great character. It'll definitely add some of the like body horror, um, <laughs> gore '80s like stuff that's really missing from the uh, Avengers <laughs> right now. And like, I would be curious to see how he interacts with the other Avengers. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, if he like wants to hug somebody, be close to so- like. I feel like it can get into some really complex ideas of mm-hmm. like how people get to know each other and like some tensions he might have among the mm-hmm. Avengers crew Will because he be he's like literally the like consequences of touch exactly yeah. Will he be right. like the rogue of the Avengers maybe but but then they they realize that they can find ways of like interacting mm-hmm. with with him and 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 do good together mm-hmm. utilizing all of their and harnessing all of their talents wow. I feel like this would be directed by Wes Anderson that's cool. Wes Anderson does Toxic Avengers. Yeah, that would be truly odd. <laughs> toxic Avengers. You, I'll tell you this, the color palette would be great. That would be, yes. Would it would mm, look a nice cool. vivid green. Some yes. whimsical music, perhaps. With vivid green against like a nice shaggy orange carpet where you're looking at like the cross section of a house and you see Toxic Avenger in like one room. But it's the helicarrier. And, oh, wow. Like, with, Beautiful, yeah. All right, let's do it. Hell yeah. (laughs) Wes, if you're out there listening. (laughs) We know you are. The amount of good things we have pitched on this show that no one has, like, tried to to buy from us. That money's coming. It's got to be coming. Come on. Yeah. Uh, Dave, you you have anything for this one? So this is, uh, and this, uh, yeah, it's going to be a theme for me with the month. I struggle with superhero questions. I'm not very invested in those characters. But I I am familiar with... uh, the like profoundly important distinction that is made and is drawn in the line in the sand, not only between the comics, but also uh, within the cine- respective cinematic universes between Marvel and DC. So if I was going to remove a uh, character from the, uh, the, the Marvel uh, Avengers franchise, I would shove somebody from DC in there. Um, so Ooh. I would probably go with uh, Superman. It'd be funny to see Superman shoulder to shoulder with people that have rather specified uh, mm. rather specified like superhero traits and like mm-hmm. strengths versus like you know he's Superman Does that he's mean? got it and like I would just imagine the growing frustration among our Marvel heroes as like this DC like super being is just like getting everything done throughout a round table just being like frustrated like ugh okay does he okay. even sleep he's powered by the sun but he can move faster than bullets I, I, who, who around here can do that Iron Man how fast can you go not that fast right god damn it and then they all just retire <laughs> that said the world saved yeah it's the world's like, avenged we understand you're super but c- come on like what do you really do like what what is what do you do and because of the difference in cinematic tone in those two universes Superman would be like this super being that is like outshining the available Avengers characters that we know and love through the Marvel uh, CU but Instead, he's really bleak and moody the whole time because for some reason DC has to shove that down our throats for no oh, reason. Oh, like he's like differently colored than all of the other ones too. <laughs> yeah, like he's really pale for some reason. Yeah, glossy rem- and pale. Can I make one request? Sure. Can he have the mustache? Be please. Can so, he- who is playing Superman? Let's get uh, let's get Cavill back in, but mustache. Oh, no, nice. Am I six? Disney's not spending that money. Am I six? Best. Superman. Mm-mm. Yes. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> I pray. Yes. I pray to every god that in twenty years or less that we will get like studio footage of the reshoots with Henry Cavill with a mustache. Someday we're gonna see it. Did you that see the picture come out? No. They, there's a picture online oh, of what yeah. he looks like with it, and it's 
Hilarious. Googling right now. Google machine. Oh, my God. Superman stash. Um, Cool. Well, mine, I feel like, isn't necessarily as, like, well thought out, but since... Um, Since this is a group of people that feel like they're so important and their opinions matter so much, um, I figured it was only fair that the quintessential fanboy eventually be part of the Avengers. Oh, yeah. Um, And is just sitting there, like, commenting and giving feedback on all the stuff (laughs) they do not like about what's happening in the movies. This isn't what you would really do. They're pulling out a comic, just like, um, excuse me, into, like, every single thing that would be so stop like, all right well, stop the scene actually and so they don't <laughs> yeah, actually yeah. ever do anything you know because like when danger actually occurs they're like hiding somewhere because they're, they're little bitch cowards that like hide behind a keyboard um but they're always there to give their input which we <laughs> desperately need in uh. these trying times obviously so um if only they were introduced in captain marvel they would have been such an important role in that movie so played by kevin smith Please. <laughs> oh my god. Ooh, yeah. Um, so yeah. The only role befitting him. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so yeah, those are those are our um, pitches for our new Avengers. So uh, please, again, um, Wes Anderson, whoever, um, you know, take this into consideration. M Knight, we know you're listening. M Knight, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honestly surprised you didn't pick like Unbreakable or something. I, I mean. It. Like for my top five, yeah, for yeah. your like, your pick. Your movie oh my pick. superhero yeah, right. pick! I know, I know it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I get it. You can pick Unbreakable. I get it. There are things. We'll don't. <laughs> we'll talk about this. Yeah. Off air. Anyway, Christine's is probably not Unbreakable. Um, so, um, we did pitch all of our like, you know. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of those things. Email us, please. These emails are fun, and we'll read them on air, obviously, if you have mm-hmm. something cool to say. so If you'd like us to read it on if sure. you, if, Yeah, I mean, if you don't want us to read it, then just say, like, don't. But, you know, we might still do it anyway. Who knows? It depends <laughs> on what you write. <laughs> um, cool. So... Um, I will pitch my things quickly. Um, I have Chill and Kill Horror Night. I, at this juncture, still do not know what I am doing for May. I don't know what happens in May. I was trying to figure out when, like, prom is, when other important things are to try to help me gauge that, but I don't know. Carrie? Yeah, um, I really like Night of the Creeps. Uh, I think that's a, a fun college, like, prom movie thing. Um, not prom, but, like, whatever their, like, dances that they have at the end of the school year. But um, You could also always do Starry Eyes. Oh, yeah, also Starry Eyes is really good. I'd like to do that. Um, so, yeah, Chill and Kill Horror. Go on Facebook. We're there. Um, and tell us if there's, like, some movies you'd be interested in seeing at a bar in Philadelphia. Um, and then also Cinema 76, which I am a correspondent for now, so I will be writing stuff as well as some other very, very talented, um, cool movie people in Philadelphia. Um, cool. Anything else, guys? Great. Well, um, come (laughs) back next week for Christine's pick. Um, we're really excited about this month and it's been fun so far. Um, and thank you again for listening. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. So long. Enjoy Avengers. (laughs) 